What is up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is a special episode of Dumb Bleep of the Year. This is one of our recap episodes for the uh, the voting for Dumb Bleep of the Year. So we're going to be covering each month, and then the winners of each month will go into a quarterly semifinal, and then we'll bring that into the final four. And of course, the live group, the Fed Haters Club, will be voting on what's going to win Dumb Bleep of the Year. The winner will get a trophy that says that they won Dumb Bleep of the Year. And the person who submitted that specific Dumb Bleep in the live group, or it could be on Twitter, or it could just be me, will get a trophy to put on their mantle at home. So let's get in to Dumb Bleep of the Year. We talked about this on like Monday or something. I don't know if we we could play the clip, but this... Secretary of Education, McGill uh, Cardona. Oh, there it is right there. How about that? And it's got a community note now. That's nice of them. This is him you know, uh, quoting Ronald Reagan, kind of. We're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, there's, <laughs> there are resources there. There's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Checks out. That's like your current Secretary of Education. Folks. Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> oh, doesn't even realize the irony in his own statement. I wonder what he thinks now. Um, I don't. What do you think I, that guy thought of when he woke up the next morning and saw? I think these guys are so used to just spinning things and living lies that he doesn't even care. Do you He's, think he knows the real quote? I'm sure he does now. Okay. I don't know if he did beforehand. He vaguely remembered Ronald Reagan saying some of those words in that order. But of course, the real quote was, uh, what was the nine most dangerous words in the English language or something? Or I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Scariest words imaginable. It's a completely different context saying that it's a bad thing when the government comes to help you. And that's not. No, that's real, Costco. It's absolutely real. And uh, he says it in the opposite context using Reagan's quote, saying that we're here to help you. And just like Ronald Reagan said, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Great job, everyone. All right. That's number three. You know, the rapidly rising, uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is a post I saw from Spike, uh, Spike Cohen today. I'm basically just going to read his Twitter post because the story is ridiculous. And I'm going to put a link to the Twitter post in the show notes for today's show. And what I recommend, if you don't have a whole lot of time, is that you go and and repost this post because it's got a lot of retweets right now. And uh, it's got a lot of views. And Spike, with his organization, You Are the Power, has been doing some really great things. And this cause is, is... is crazy. So meet the Hernandez family. You can see the picture of the family right here. That's Matt and Tucky. Matt and Tucky is the mom smiling with their beautiful young daughters. Over the past few months, the Georgia state government has ripped this family apart because one of their daughters has a medical condition that the court refuses to acknowledge. This all started when Matt and Tucky noticed some swelling in the lower legs of Emma, their infant daughter, They took her to a pediatrician who did some blood work and referred them to the ER. After an x-ray of her legs, the hospital's child abuse physician reported possible child abuse, despite the fact that the blood work results indicate a genetic disorder as the reason for her injuries. So they do blood work, 
They indicate a possible genetic disorder for the reason that she has this, but there's a child abuse physician that is reporting possible child abuse here. GADFCS authorities seized Emma and placed her with her aunt and uncle. Let me make sure I didn't skip anything. Yeah. Two weeks later, a caseworker visited the Hernandez home and determined that their older daughter, Ar Arya, is obviously happy and well cared for. The next day, Tucky was arrested for battery and cruelty to children. It's the mom. Matt, the dad, is not allowed to communicate with the mom, Tucky, and Tucky is not allowed to communicate with Matt or their daughters. While in the aunt and uncle's care, Emma developed a rash on her feet. That's the infant daughter. The state took Emma from them and sent her to the hospital where she was put on a feeding tube and given other treatments without any of the family's knowledge or consent. Emma and Arya were then placed with a foster parent. At their first visitation, Matt noted that both Emma and Arya had signs of neglect, including cold, mottled skin, and discoloration on one of Emma's legs. The foster parent dismissed his concerns, and DFCS had no interest in hearing them either. After months of fighting to get copies of Emma's medical records, including from when he first took her to the ER, DFCS finally gave them to him. Two months later, at their first court hearing, medical experts testified that Emma has either a neonatal, neonatal rickets or osteogenesis imperfecta, brittle bone disease, uh, both of which are medical disorders which cause the types of injuries she has, and that there is no sign of physical abuse. So medical experts testified in court. The judge refused to admit the medical experts' testimony choosing instead to rely on the hospital's child abuse physician who brought no paperwork and did not appear to understand these disorders. While this hearing's going on, Emma and Arya are transported to a visitation center to meet with Matt. But Matt's in court and obviously couldn't be in two places at once. The state either messed up their visitation schedule or intentionally scheduled it so he wouldn't be there. Arya was devastated. To with each visit, Matt sees Arya become more and more withdrawn and depressed and Emma become more injured and sickly. During one of the visits, when the caseworker came into the room, Arya got scared and ran behind Matt. The caseworker accuses Arya of being racist and smiles throughout the interaction, clearly enjoying the fear she is causing. So she was scared of the caseworker who took her away from her parents and that is because this child, this little child is racist. And just last week, Matt found out that his visitations are being cut in half this is just last week, and they are moving Emma and Arya to a new foster family instead of back to their aunt and uncle. This case was brought to our attention by the Williams family, who is now in temporary custody of Emma and Arya when their foster mother went on vacation. After seeing how much these girls want to go home, the Williams began to investigate and discovered the horrific tragedy that the state is putting the Hernandez family through. Despite their own policies and despite the fact that the caseworker's report states that reunification is the goal, the state of Georgia has refused to acknowledge Emma's medical condition, choosing instead to assume that she's being abused and continues to prosecute Tucky and persecute the entire family. We hope that these officials would do the right thing, but they seem to be hell-bent on destroying the Hernandez family. We are going to reunite this family, and here's how you can help. So we put uh, in this post, I'm going to put a link to this post in the show notes so you can find it. He's asking that you email the people. So he lists their email addresses and to be respectful when you email them. He says, don't give these people a chance to act like victims. You know how much government officials love to make it about them. Don't give them that opportunity. 
And he says, be sure to repost this. First off, Spike Cohen is freaking amazing. I've always loved that guy. I get inspired every single time I hear him talk. Every episode that we've had him on the show is amazing. And uh, this story is absolutely disgusting. The state of Georgia and the people working in the Child Protective Services, whatever they call it there, should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Other people who work for Child Protective Services around the country, or if you have, I, listen, I have family that, that work in Child Protective Services uh, for states, okay? They're not all bad people, and the good people should stand up and say, this is wrong. Uh, there's clear evidence of a medical condition here. This is what happens. The state makes a decision, they pick a lane, and they go down this lane, and they say, okay, well, we think there's possible child abuse, we're going to take the family away. It doesn't matter now whether or not you can prove them wrong. What matters is that they cannot look like they did something wrong, and they are going to do every single thing they can to never look like they did something wrong. And just as we've explained several times in the past, people who are in power like this, yeah, they want to have a power trip, all that. But one of the things that they cannot allow you to do is see that they can do things wrong. Because if they can do things wrong, then that means you can question them anytime they do something because there's a potential they could be wrong. And they're not going to admit that. And so they will literally risk ripping this family apart and keeping these children in the foster care system just so they don't have to admit that they were wrong. The judge should be absolutely embarrassed and disgusted with himself. The people who are working in Child Protective Services are absolutely disgusting in this case as well. And I hope that all of you will find the link to this uh, that's going to be in the show notes. And in fact, just while I'm thinking about it right now, I'm going to find this post. going to get this link. I'm going to post it right here to the Fed Haters Club so you guys get that link right there. Uh, so you can go and... Um, retweet that it's got it's it's getting good traction for sure and uh, spike's really good at telling these stories uh right now this has 2.6 thousand retweets it's got 405 thousand views and that's on a post that has these people's email addresses listed on it so you can send them an email you can give them a phone call or you can at least retweet this and someone else uh maybe is gonna help out with this cause and you know not something we normally do but i'd i'd recommend joining up with your the power and uh you know giving them i think it's like five bucks a month or something is low the lowest tier something like that they're doing really good work over there just clap for that you stupid bastards the article that i sent you last night i thought it was going to be a fine article it's like oh finally robert reich is talking about something other than politics you know he cares about people's mental health nope this part of the episode is not brought to you by betterhelp.com gml because it's not an official ad but i just want to let you know you can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash GML. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a great deal. Yeah. Okay. For your mental health, do it. Robert Reich says we need to talk about the United States mental health crisis and its larger causes. He wants to talk about an uncomfortable topic that needs much more open discussion. The United States extraordinarily high level of anxiety. A panel of medical experts has recommended that doctors screen all patients under 65, including children and teenagers, for what the panel calls anxiety disorders. Uh, Lori Bert? PB? Yeah, two Bs. Pbert. <laughs> yep. A clinical psychologist and professor at the University of Massachusetts Medical School who serves on the panel calls mental health disorders a crisis in the country. Recent New York Times article discussed what's called a persistent depressive disorder or PDD, 
which an estimated 2% of adults in the United States have experienced in the past year. Nearly 50%, nearly 50,000 people in the U.S. lost their lives to suicide last year, according to a new tally from the National Center for Health Statistics. The suicide rate, now 14.3 deaths per 100,000 Americans, has reached its highest level since 1941, when the U.S. entered the Second World War. Men aged 75 and older had the highest suicide rate last year. Really? I wouldn't have guessed that. Hmm. Just want to go out on your own terms. Huh? Yeah, they were done. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> last year, I'm just kidding. At nearly 44 per 100,000 people, double the rate of people aged 15 to 24. While women have been found to have suicidal thoughts more commonly, men are four times as likely to die by suicide because they get the job done. Mm-hmm. Suicide rates for Native Americans are almost double the rates for other Americans. That's the thing. Women always think about it. Yeah. Men just do. <laughs> they just can't make the decision on no, anything. No. You know? What's <laughs> Do I God. take 12 pills or 10? What's going on? I want the minimal amount to do it. <laughs> Maybe the widespread anxiety and depression along with a near record rate of suicide should not be seen as personal disorders. Maybe they should be seen in many cases as rational responses to a society that's becoming ever more disordered. This is Robert Reich's official opinion. Yes, as a lawyer. After all, who's not concerned by the right? Not only is he an economist, he's also a medical professional. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's, a, he's only educated in the field of law. After all, who's not concerned by the rising cost of housing and the growing insecurity of jobs and incomes? That's... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, apart from Trump supporters, isn't terrified by Trump's attacks on democracy and the possibility of another Trump presidency? Why wouldn't you kill yourself? Mm-hmm. Because all because people like, like Robert Reich have been fear-mongering you to death, literally. Who doesn't worry about mass shootings at their children's or grandchildren's schools? Uh, people who look at statistics? <laughs> yeah. Who isn't affected by the climate crisis? Add increasingly brutal racism. That's what we're most known for is an increasingly brutal, brutally racist society. Mounting misogyny. It's at all time highs. Record amounts of misogyny. Mm-hmm. Anti- Which is why men are killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why all these 75 <laughs> year old dudes are killing themselves. It's the mounting misogyny and the brutal racism. Anti-abortion laws, homophobia and transphobia, attacks on Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Jews, Arabs, and other minority groups and the growing coarseness and ugliness of what we see and read in social media. Consider all this, and it would almost be stranger if you weren't anxious, stressed, and often depressed. God bless. There are certain things that you that you read and you try to analyze that, I don't know if you ever get this way, Charlie, but you, you feel so angry and upset and gaslit about it, it actually becomes difficult to even critique it or say anything back because of the ridiculousness and the insanity going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever feel that way. I do. I'm almost at a loss for words because like if I start talking, I'll be so angry Mm -hmm. and I, you know, like I want to say mean, I want to be slow to anger. Mm -hmm. I want to be quick to listen, slow to anger. So it's hard to say, it's hard to say anything. Studies show. I text you, you sent me this last night. And I text you back and I just said, it's like the gaslight of all gaslights. It's just like pure, it's pure, like don't pay attention to this hand and not this one underneath here. It really is the gaslight of all gaslights because Robert Reich is one of the perpetrators 
of this narrative that's getting pushed on everyone in the country that Trump's going to destroy democracy and nothing is your fault. The rising cost of housing and job, the inequality, income and, and and increasing racism, way more racism and misogyny is way worse. And homophobia and transphobia is way worse than when it wasn't even legal to get married as a gay person. Like everything is so much worse right now. And he's one of these people that are actually pushing that idea onto people. And let's say they are getting depressed about it. He's the one doing it and then writing an article about, oh, yeah, I mean, it's easy to understand. You know, some people, they just get so anxious and depressed because of all these things I've been telling them are going on around the country that they're not really experiencing, but they see me talk about it all the time. When in actual reality, things are way better than they have ever been. (laughs) Uh, Studies show that women have nearly double the risk of depression as men. Black people also have higher stress levels from 2014 to 2019. The suicide rate among black Americans increased by 30%. Are women and black people suffering from a disorder or are they responding to reality or both? White men without college degrees are particularly vulnerable to deaths from suicide, overdoses, and alcoholic liver diseases with contributions from the cardiovascular effects of rising obesity. Uh, that, says, that's not as important. Though, particularly as... vulnerable might mean that they have a much higher rate of suicide than all the other people that he mentioned, but he doesn't want to put the stat in there because no. he's talking about racism and misogyny mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are they suffering from a disorder or are they responding to a fundamental change in American society or both? In their book, Deaths of Despair and the Future of Capitalism, economists Anne Case and Angus Deaton argue that the deaths of despair among whites would not have happened or would not have been so severe without the destruction of the white working class. Part of the problem, they say, is that the less educated, they're often underpaid and disrespected and feel that the system is rigged against them. Well, they were white, though, so they probably should yeah. kill themselves. That's, I mean, so, <laughs> as that's, reparations. Yeah, but it makes the stats better for all the black people because mm-hmm. there's less white people. Even if we had far more mental health professionals, what would they do against these formidable foes? Prescribe more pills? If anything, Americans are probably already overmedicated. Dr. Reich here. Mm. They could be overmedicated. <laughs> I would agree with them being overmedicated. Maybe that's one of the reasons that people are freaking out so much because they just jump the pills immediately when they're having a bad day. Don't get me wrong, I'm not arguing against better access to mental health care. In fact, quite the opposite. Increased staffing and improved access to mental health care are very much needed. Mental health, here's another just striking fact he wants all of us to know. Mental health care is harder to find now than before the pandemic. Does anyone in their right mind actually think that mental health care is harder to find now than it was before the pandemic? Is it harder to find now than it's ever been? He says about half the people in the U.S. live in an area without a mental health professional, federal data shows. Of course, he completely lacks to, decides to not account for all of the online resources that exist out there. Yeah, huge ones. Instead, he says that half the people live in an area without a mental health professional. He ignores sites like BetterHelp or all of the other competitors that we won't mention on this show Mm. that are out there that are offering mental health advice. No, they're not near as good, but Uh, you should. But these people probably don't have access to the internet either, though. No. They don't have cell phones. That's true. That's true. IDs or. But in addition to providing more and better access to mental health care and a, sui- and a suicide and crisis hotline, shouldn't we try to make our society healthier? Americans experience the least economic security of the inhabitants of any advanced nation. A healthy society needs more job security and stronger safety nets. Because our government is spending yeah. us into oblivion. <laughs> That's why. Because of all the policies you advocate for. Spending more money, more money, more money. That lead 
to what people are most freaked out about, which is they can't afford to pay for food or housing yeah. for their freaking children. Here's your, it's too damn expensive. Charlie, you asked where the modern monetary theorists were. This is what they pivoted to. The health, the mental health crisis is because of capitalism. <sighs> don't don't pay attention to how inflation has made everything worse or how we took away your jobs during the pandemic or any of that kind of stuff. It's a it's all capitalism and we must have a better society and a better government that takes better care of people. That's uh that's what we need. The distribution of income and wealth in the United States is the most unequal of any other advanced nation. A healthy society ensures that no one working full-time is poor and levies high taxes on the wealthy to help pay for what society needs. <laughs> says whom? Says, who says that? Levies high taxes on the wealthy? Look at freaking Denmark and Sweden and Switzerland and all that. You would never support their tax rates. If you make 80 grand a year, you're in the highest tax bracket in Sweden. Highest tax bracket. Does someone making 80 grand... Pays the same as someone who literally takes home a million dollars every year when it comes to those taxes. Their corporate tax rate of 22%, we just lowered our tax rate down to that amount, and everyone said this is fascism. Back to 23 and a half. We're <laughs> so, still above 22. I thought we went to 21 and a half. I thought oh, it was a half it? percent lower. Okay. I don't remember exactly Maybe. what it is. Guns and assault weapons are easy, easier to buy in the United States than any other advanced nation. The healthy society bans assault weapons and makes it difficult to buy guns. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't do this, people will kill themselves. <laughs> That's the danger of guns is everyone deciding to kill themselves because other people have guns. Mm. That's that's the unseen yeah. danger that we're dealing with. A lower percentage of Americans have access to affordable medical care than any other advanced nation. A healthy society keeps its people healthy. The U.S. puts more carbon dioxide into the air per capita than almost any other advanced nation. A healthy society better protects the environment. That's why people are so upset because they saw the carbon dioxide per capita numbers and they just can't get over it. Big money plays a larger role in American politics than it does in almost any other advanced nation, almost any other advanced nation. A healthy society does not allow big money to buy politicians. Some American politicians, like Donald Trump, gain power by stirring up racism, xenophobia, and homophobia. A healthy society does not elect these. They're the ones that stirred all that up. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. No, I mean, just think about that xenophobia. You know, whenever he closed off travel from China during the COVID pandemic, that was xenophobic. Mm -hmm. It's racist. You know that time that he said that all of the Mexicans were murderers and rapists? You know, that's racist. Mm -hmm. Of course, he didn't actually say that. But the fact that so many people think that he did has been allowed to stir up a bunch of racism. Oh, God. The list could be much larger, but you get the point. The anxiety disorders suffered by Americans are real and they apparently apparently are growing, but instead of regarding them solely as personal disorders, maybe we need to understand them as at least part, partly as social disorders and get to work remedying them as a society. The CDC needs, needs to step in and change our tax rates. Mm. That's actually what's going to need to happen. Granted, it would be difficult to achieve any of these criteria for a healthy society, but without seeking to achieve them, no number of mental health professionals and no amount of medications or hotlines will be enough. If you do not increase taxes on the rich and seize companies from the wealthy and start a government healthcare system that's going to completely crash and burn and destroy the healthcare system and further destroy the schooling systems that we have uh, and take away everyone's guns and modes of self-defense, uh, there's just nothing we can do about this. Mm. 
There's just no way. Yep. You don't stop Trump, people are going to be mass suiciding themselves. Here's what he's saying. You know, if you don't start advocating for the very policies that led you to this depression, <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to kill yourself. More. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. gaslighting. It's pure gaslighting. It is some of the. He's literally saying you need to advocate for the policies that led to this situation. <sighs> okay. Spending ourselves into oblivion because everything that he's advocating for would all cost money. Yeah, and they would. Who would money they take that it from? They don't have. You have to take it from the people. They're not going to have it. You're going to have to inflate the currency even more, uh, which means prices will go up on everything. People that are already struggling will struggle even harder. Prices of houses will go up. School, everything that the government sends money towards will continue to go up. The value of your money will go down if if you follow whatever it is that he wants you to do. And that is his prescription to stop people from being sad. Well, the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. And- Colorado Supreme Court rules Trump is disqualified from presidency for the January 6th riot. <sighs> this is so insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this has gone through other courts, by the way, and they essentially ruled that they couldn't do anything about it. But Colorado has decided that President Trump incited an insurrection, engaged in insurrection, and therefore is not qualified pursuant to the 14th Amendment to be president. And so they're going to not allow him to be on the ballot in the primary. I don't know what it says for the general. And let's just first off, it's Colorado. It goes to Democrats all the time. It's doesn't matter that much if it were just Colorado. I don't think it's just going to be Colorado, but it will probably still only be Democratic states that try to do this. You know, everyone's saying the Supreme Court's going to overturn this. I think that's true. I think it's true. We'll see. I do think that that would happen. How can they prove that he incited an insurrection? That's the thing. Well, the thing is, there's not a lot of case law on this. But even but even the simple fact that he tweeted, like, what, 15 minutes after the, the barriers broke yeah. to go home? Yeah, but he incited People it before People still think that. that it was hours later, but he said, remain peaceful. We're the party of law and order. Mm-hmm. Go home. Mm-hmm. Be peaceful. Now, that sounds like leading the charge yeah he's, he's definitely trying to lead the charge and overturn the government was, at that time i mean we saw that movie napoleon not that long ago mm-hmm. it reminded me of the same thing so you well, saw they modeled trump that, they on modeled his horse. That after trump yeah he yeah. was on his horse with the sword yeah you know as he's running as he's barreling into the capital leading his people in this insurrection and then tweeting go home <laughs> so it's it's a conflict there so now California, the lieutenant governor in California is asking to explore every legal option to remove former President Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. Something funny happened here, uh, which is the the first time she sent this out. At the end of it, she said that the Constitution is clear. You must be 40 years old and not be an insurrectionist. And that was quickly fixed because Mm. the Constitution is clear that it's 35, not 40. And so now California is trying to do this. New York are now renewing their push to ban Trump from the state ballot. I believe this came out today. And we'll see how many other states decide that they're going to do this. And now maybe the Supreme Court is going to weigh in and say, you can't do that. You got to let the voters decide. 
uh, he hasn't been found guilty of leading an insurrection. That is illegal. That is a federal crime. They, the last time they made an amendment to this law, and this is U.S. Code uh, 18, which I believe is the same thing where the treason is under and all, all that stuff. Uh, last time they amended this was in 1994. It is illegal to, <clears throat> to engage in an insurrection. He has been charged with 91 crimes over the last year, and not one of them is engaging in insurrection. And so there's a reason that they didn't try to do that. It's because they didn't think that they had a way to prove that he had actually engaged in an insurrection. Mm -hmm. Or they would have done it. Yeah. Because it's illegal to do. By the way, not illegal in Colorado. They're essentially taking a federal crime and deciding that he's guilty of it and saying that he can't be on the ballot. That's one of the reasons that the Supreme Court might overturn it, because they're essentially adjudicating a federal law and maybe not going through the proper channels. They'll have jurisdiction. <clears throat> yeah. So, whew, 2024, man. I tell you what, it's going to be crazy. Uh, that one's about New York. Now, in this, I, I read through this morning, Charlie, the reason I pushed this back to 1230 is because I was reading this document. It's 235 pages. I made it 260. That's pretty good. Did okay. That's pretty Scanning, good. Scanning, of course, not reading every single word. Well, yeah, and it's double spaced. Mm. And in the in the beginning, they start talking about his speech. Well, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And then fast forward to day six, which is when Trump made his speech before everyone re was arrested on the seventh day. In his speech, which began around noon, President Trump persisted in rejecting the election results, telling the supporters that we won in a landslide and we will never concede. He urged his supporters to confront this egregious assault on our democracy, walk down to the Capitol, dot, 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 and in brackets, which means that's not what he said, and show strength, and that if they did not, quote, fight like hell, they would not have a country anymore. Um, some of those dot, dot, dots are when he told everyone to peacefully go down there and make their voices heard, but... Who cares? Yeah. Honestly. Before his speech ended, portions of the crowd began moving towards the Capitol. Below, we discussed additional facts regarding the events on January 6th. I did bring in a portion of his uh, actual speech here. I, uh, I see. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He does say the word fight several times. Of course, there have been plenty of montages put together of Democrats talking about fighting for what you believe in and fighting for democracy or fighting against white supremacy or fighting for whatever it is. But when he said it, they later say in this in this document, they later say, but when he said fight, he actually meant fight. They mm -hmm. decided that he literally meant yeah. fight. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. Uh, and like we with fists mm -hmm. and flagpoles. Mm -hmm. And we fight, we fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. That's one of the lines that they reference many times in this. Uh, let's see. We'll never decide. Let's see, we did that. Below, we discussed additional facts. Section three, I've heard so many people read this, but essentially section three of the 14th Amendment says that you are uh, not eligible, essentially, if you've engaged in an insurrection and several other things. Okay. We don't have to get into the actual code. So they go in to prove that Trump engaged in an insurrection. They say that Trump challenged this. The Constitution leaves these terms undefined. That's engaged in an insurrection. Those terms are undefined. Therefore, we must make a legal determination regarding what the drafters and ratifiers meant when they chose to deploy these words in Section 3. Mindful of the 
of the differential standard of review afforded a district court's factual findings, we conclude that the district court did not clearly err in concluding that the events of January 6th constituted an insurrection and that President Trump engaged in that insurrection. So they bring in the definition of insurrection. They bring in the definition of engaged in to begin and carry on to take part or to participate. And then they include other ones that say also include to induce to participate or to do or take part in something. So just in case anyone wanted to know what engaged meant. Uh, Attorney General Stanberry's opinions on the meaning of engage, which he issued at the time the 14th Amendment was being debated, are in, accor are in accord with these historical and modern definitions. Um, a person may engage in insurrection or rebellion without having actually levied war or taken arms. Thus, in Attorney Stanberry's view, when individuals acting in their official capacities, capacities act in the furtherance of the common unlawful purpose or do any overt act for the purpose of promoting the rebellion, they have engaged in insurrection. A lot of this document talks about his just his speech beforehand and how it was clear, clear evidence that this was him engaging in ins insurrection because of the things that he said in the speech. Yep. First Amendment. The only problem I see know. here is he, before he said all this, he didn't say, let me be clear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He didn't say with all due respect. Mm -mm. That's the, uh, that's yep. the bigger problem. The record reflects that President Trump had a reason to know, had reason to know of the potential for violence because as president, he oversaw agencies reporting on foregoing threats they basically end up deciding in this court document also that since Trump knew that his fans were far right-wing extremists and prone to violence, then it was reasonable to assume that he knew that violence would ensue after the words that he said in that speech. Because the way that they look at people on the right or the way that they define the extremists that follow Trump, they are likely to commit violent acts, of course, mm -hmm. because that's just how Republicans are. You know, we had a whole summer in 2020 of Republicans just going around burning stuff down all the time. So you got a lot of history of violent acts by yeah. Republicans. It's basically like taking a, you're like talking to a whole group of murderers mm -hmm. and telling them like, it's we the got same thing. We have to fight. Mm -hmm. And you know for sure they're going to interpret that as going around just mowing people down. Yeah. With any means necessary. President Trump was informed the Capitol was under attack rather than taking action to end the siege. Approximately one hour later, at 224, he tweeted, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. Giving Sage a chance to certify a corrected set of facts. Not the, that's his tweet. And now at that point, I don't think that they had actually moved into the Capitol uh, or they had just moved into the Capitol at that time. His next communications were at 2.38 and 3.13, encouraging the mob to remain peaceful and to stay peaceful. So they did mention that but in the document. neither tweet condemned the violence. Yes. Nor asked the you mob to, to disperse. You have to specifically condemn. You can't just say stay peaceful. Mm -hmm. uh, you got you to gotta condemn the violence. I did bring in a timeline of this. I was going to say because yeah. <laughs> they act like it's two hours later. From when he started the speech. Well, so the Senate recessed at 2.20 p.m. And then the building goes into lockdown. So that's when they recessed. He tweets out at 2.38 p.m. Uh, telling everyone to stay peaceful. He didn't tell them to leave. So, of course, he wanted them in there. They were doing exactly as he had told them to do, Charlie. They do also 
try to clarify the argument that his speech was not protected by the First Amendment right to freedom of speech because he was guilty of incitement, according to them, in Colorado, even though he did not tell people to go and specifically do something in the Capitol. Mm -hmm. He did not tell them to poop on Deborah's desk or anything like that. He didn't tell them to steal podiums. He didn't tell them to break through the barricades. It was reasonable that he should have known that what he was saying to the crowd, a crowd that was prone to violence because they were extremists, it was then reasonable that he would know that he was actually inciting them to go and commit violent acts. And that is the argument that they essentially make in here, that because the crowd was full of right-wing extremists, that he should have known and that he, in fact, did know what they were going to go do. He didn't have to say it mm. because that he had a group of terrorists there listening to them. Yeah. And he told them to go down there. Well, what do terrorists do when they go down there? They, they terrorist. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's... Uh, that's the thing there. Since we don't exactly have enough time to read through all this stuff, I'm just trying to grab some of the important parts. And I think the most important part is the fact that I got to tell you, Charlie, we're screwed in 2024, regardless of what happens. Why? We're screwed. You're saying it's not going to be fun? We're screwed. Well, okay. Us as a podcast are not screwed in 2024. <laughs> It'll be great for listenership. That mm. That's true. But as a country, I'm... Uh, I'm worried about this. I'll tell you that. I'm actually starting to get kind of worried about what's going to happen afterwards because what's happened here is they've already laid the groundwork. So now work. you think Trump's going to win. Whereas before you didn't think he had a chance in hell. I'm starting to think that he could actually win, although this could be construed as some more election interference, of course, and I don't know how much elect- election interfering can be done before it actually starts to work. They're clearly trying to bleed him dry of money. So he has to spend all of his money defending himself instead of spending all of his money out there campaigning. He's going to be spending more time in court. Uh, The other problem is that they've, there's been other things happening as well with the Supreme Court with Clarence Thomas. And I see Robert Reich post about this all the time about Clarence Thomas being corrupt and being bought and paid for by these Republican donors, Harlan Crow, all that stuff. And what that's doing is laying the groundwork for delegitimizing the Supreme Court. And so while a lot of people say, well, the Supreme Court's going to overturn this, well, here's a problem. The left has already been spending the last six months or so delegitimizing the Supreme Court. And they did it before that, too. Trump picked three justices, and he was an illegitimate president to begin with. And so it should have been Hillary Clinton picking those justices that are on there right now. Not my president. And so the Supreme Court itself is is compromised. And so then the Supreme Court comes and rules and they say, well, they can't they can't do this. Trump needs to be Trump needs to be allowed to be on the ballot. Well, guess who's okay with that? Republicans are okay with that. Most of them people who support Trump are okay with that. But they're still going to see this as massive election interference. If something happens, if Trump for some reason doesn't win, if Joe Biden gets more votes than Donald Trump and gets more electoral votes than Donald Trump. They've already got ample evidence to say that this election was rigged and stolen because of the 91 charges, because of him spending spending all of his time in court and all of his money on defending himself throughout the entire 2024 election season from then trying to take him off the ballot and saying that he incited an insurrection and shouldn't be on there in the first place. And so you've already got a reason that the right is going to deny the election results if Trump loses, even without any rigged voting. 
And there'll probably be investigations for the four years of his presidency. Yeah, there would. There probably would. He'll be, be impeached regardless. Maybe he'll be impeached four times. Well, it's not just. It's not time. just that. Okay, so imagine if Trump wins. Well, so if Trump wins the election in twenty twenty four, cool. The right's happy. Whatever. the The Trump voters are happy. But now the left has ample reason to call Trump an illegitimate president, because it turns out. Colorado, one of our states, I mean, look at the 10th Amendment and all that. Colorado, one of our states, decided that he had incited an insurrection, and it's not, he's not legally able to even be on the ballot, and he's not even legally able to be president anymore because he engaged in an insurrection against the United States in January 6th and all that. And so maybe he won and maybe he's in the office, but he's not a legitimate president. We're not going to pay attention to anything that he says or does or whatever. And that sounds like a good thing for liberty to me. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. telling me the states don't want to listen to the federal government? Perfect. Okay. That part sounds good. Yeah. Sure. But what if they uh, rule on something that uh, decreases state powers? You, you mean federal, Colorado? Federal, federal, federal government powers. I mean, what if Trump does something that actually decreases the power of Here's the real question. Do you think this is all going to lead to like an actual civil war in our lifetime? In our lifetime. I don't think so. I think actual civil war just looks like a bunch of violent riots. I I don't know if it'll ever actually be in an organized I do civil feel war. like I, I do feel like the left is playing a very dangerous game. Yeah. Considering typically most of the guns are on the right. Mm-hmm. So it's true. It's true. You know, we read history about all these heroes, like our founding fathers, like when is a point? When is there a point where it's like people are brave enough to take a risk? I don't know. To to something they feel is necessary. I don't think I honestly don't I don't think that'll happen and I hope I'm right about that. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think the actual civil war will happen cuz I don't think there's enough really legitimate I mean, I'm probably going to get in trouble just for asking these yeah, questions. Legit I don't yeah. think there's enough legitimately principled people out there who care more about actual liberty and a constitutional government than they do being able to sit and relax on the couch and watch Netflix or something like that. Like, that's ah, cool to tweet about this stuff from your phone. But when it comes to putting your life on the line, I don't know how many people are going to do that. Yeah. I don't see the actual structured civil war. I just see a lot of violent clashes between people. I see an increase in the surveillance and police state in the U S because of these violent clashes between people and I see the federal government actually becoming more and more tyrannical to keep people safe. Which will then lead to... We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> so, and I mean... Honest, honestly, I think the whole insurrection thing is BS in the first place. I mean, that we were founded by insurrectionists. Okay. By the way, we have a mug on our merch store that says pro-insurrection since 1976, 1776, and 1976. <laughs> if you were born that year, it's yeah. for you. Okay. I'll make one for you. 1776... And so I think the whole insurrection thing, there's a lot of things the government has in place that, I mean, naturally criminalizes people who stand up against the government. And so while I don't agree with January 6th or what happened then, I'm also worried about the ramifications for other people because I don't like the idea that standing up against your government, no matter how tyrannical, is a crime punishable by death. <laughs> you know, right. that doesn't sound right to me. What if you have a tyrannical government? Hmm. And so I, I don't even think that that is in the spirit of the founding fathers in the first place, which is probably why it's not in there. 
they would have felt really weird writing that you couldn't stand up against the tyrannical government in the uh, <laughs> in the Constitution <Yeah. laughs> after they just got done doing that thing. So we'll see what the Supreme Court does. They have until January 4th to make a ruling on this. And we'll see also just the ridiculous nature of the fact that Colorado and Democrats apparently are trying to protect democracy by removing democracy in choice, not allowing the voters to vote for the person that they want to vote for. Mm -hmm. The more Um, you limit choice, the safer democracy is. mm -hmm. That's it. You got to safeguard democracy by preventing democracy from happening. Everything's undermining democracy. School choice. Mm -hmm. Choosing a president. Choice. (laughs) What we found today is what undermines democracy is choice. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're coming up on the holiday season and... Honestly, I used to dread this part of the year. Seriously, did. Uh, It can be so stressful trying to find gifts, coordinate schedules. You guys ever try to schedule with your family during the holidays? Uh, Plus, to me, it's always marked the passing of yet another year. And when I say that out loud, I can't believe that I used to look at that as a bad thing, the passing of another year. Not everyone gets that. But adding something new and positive can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress, just like it was for me when I tried it. That's right. Doing therapy worked for me, and it can work for you, too. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. This is the last one. We're going to watch a movie trailer. I got to tell you something about what I did over my break, though, Charlie. Tell me. Beforehand. I keep seeing... Tell me more. I've seen on X, which is a website, Hmm. FKA Twitter, um, I've seen on X stuff about this movie called Leave the World Behind. And a lot of right-wing influencers on Twitter were posting about how the, oh, the Obamas were executive producers on this. And it's this, you know, anti-racism movie or anti-Tesla because these Teslas crash. And the, I'm just going to tell you, the people who posted about it, they hadn't, they hadn't watched the movie yet. I watched it with my mom and... I'm highly sensitive to annoying politics in movies. And maybe the maybe the standard is changing because there's so much politics in Except our the people who didn't watch the Barbie all movie. The time. Yeah, that's true. I went and watched it. Dude, there was like It wasn't bad. It was a terrible movie. Yeah. No, no, not Barbie. I'm saying no. this Leave the World Behind movie. It was both better and worse than the happening. At the same time. I don't think I've seen the happening. Uh, don't don't do it. Because okay. for some reason you like Mark Wahlberg. But it's not like And you haven't seen one of the main reasons I hate Mark Wahlberg. Mm. And so just maybe don't do it. Um So it's nothing like Braveheart, like a classic No. Amazing film God. that took you forever to watch. God no. Oh. It's terrible. And I watched it quick. <laughs> I got it out of the way. Yeah. You know? I like to wait for really good things, have anticipation for, <laughs> yeah. for positive things in the future. Mm. You know, yeah. this one I wanted to get out of the way real quick. That's real an quick. insurrection, by the way. Yeah. You want to watch an insurrection, Braveheart. <laughs> you know? That's a good one. Yeah. 
Anyhow, the Leave the World Behind movie was not overly political. It wasn't even the most political movie I watched. There was like one thing about not trusting white people and it was a joke and it happened for one second in the movie and that was it. And the Tesla's crashing. It's because there was a cyber attack going on and they were hacking cars that had self-driving. That's a possibility of something that could happen. Cars could be hacked and driven by people if they wanted to do that, I guess. I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about technology, but it sounds like something that could happen. And so I don't think they were trying to take down Tesla or make white people look bad or anything, because at the end of the day, everyone got along and with each other. So Mm. anyhow, I just wanted to say maybe don't freak out about every little clip from a movie. You know, I watched Die Hard 3. There's a scene with Samuel Jackson where his uh, nephews come into his shop. They have a stolen stereo that they're wanting to bring to his pawn shop. And uh, he asks them something like, who do we, and you know, who are we not going to trust or who do we not want to help us? And they both say, white people. That was a movie from like the 90s or something like that. And I love that movie. Mm. That was more than what was in that Leave the World Behind movie that everyone was yeah. thousands of retweets about. Watch the movie. But this movie... <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to give it any benefit of the doubt because it's called the American Society of Magical Negroes. And it's about a group of people that have to go around making white people feel good so life is easier for everyone. It actually looks like it could be an enjoyable movie. And I actually think it's going to do well because it looks like it's nicely done. But the idea of the movie. I'm not going to judge it till I watch it. Yeah. Here we go. Because I don't know. I know you can feel their discomfort, Aaron. Watching you walk through a room full of white people was the most painful thing I've ever seen. Excuse me. Sorry. (laughs) I don't want to take you to a job interview. There's a recruiting class starting right now, and we got to get you in it. Welcome to the American Society of magical Negroes. I don't really understand. It's easier to say. What's the most dangerous animal on the planet? Sure. White people, when they feel uncomfortable. White people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us. Jesus. That's why we fight white <laughs> discomfort every day. Because the happier they are, the safer we are. The name needs a little updating, maybe like magical Black people, or I guess that doesn't have the same ring. Get ready. Oh, wow. Your first client is a Jason Munt. His morale is far too low. Hey. Hey. Darn it. I was hoping there was a station right next to him. Oh, is this one spoken for? No. Yeah, it's actually fun and weirdly relaxing. It's like being a secret agent with none of the danger. Hey, I'm Lizzie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. She's great. Yeah, she's cool. You kidding? Come on, man. She's smart and funny. I know what you were doing going on about her. You're trying to set us up. No, no, no. That's not what I was doing. You cannot have a relationship with Lizzie now. Because if you don't put Jason first, everyone's magic will fail. I've always felt like it's my job to make white people feel comfortable. And here it literally is. But maybe it shouldn't be. I got a great plan to ask her out, but I'm gonna need your help. Do you think you could like work your magic? Hey, is he talking about me? Hey. Oh my god. Wait, are you? Well, I a long way. 
Okay. Is that enough? Gay. Okay. <laughs> My first reaction to this trailer. Gay. <sighs> so what I pick up from the trailer, first off, it looks like a, a well done movie. I actually think it's going to do well because it looks like it could be funny and, and, and whatever. What I pick up from the trailer is um, a metaphor for like you take this guy not wanting to get into a relationship or them saying that he can't get into a relationship with this woman that he likes because he his job is to make this white guy feel comfortable and yep. if he doesn't do that then everyone's magic will fail and the society's going to fall apart everyone dies because you know the most dangerous animal on the planet which is white people are going to be <laughs> un uncomfortable and then yep. life is going to be bad for everyone mm -hmm. And uh, so it looks like he's going to learn that he needs to start living life for himself instead of spending his time trying to make white people feel comfortable. And I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of the idea of the movie or the metaphor of the movie, but we haven't seen the movie. I'm, I'm guessing this one's pretty overtly uh, racist slash anti-racist though. Um, I don't just your thoughts on the idea of the movie, Charlie. <clears throat> Seems pretty racist <laughs> and gay. <laughs> Are you saying that 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 is a bad thing? Uh, I, because I'm, normally you'd be like, not that there's anything wrong with that. But in this case, it seems like you're using it in like a derogatory way, like something you don't like. No, it's like the music gay. and everything seemed kind of happy. Like, Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay. It did feel like a happy kind of upbeat and in your words, yeah. gay movie. Yeah. Like Harry Potter. It's and magical. So, I think, so you're saying other people who want to feel gay are going to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this will make all the black people who want to see it feel gay in the process. So mm -hmm. any, any black people who want to be gay together should go watch this movie. Yeah. Joyful. <laughs> happy. I, <laughs> the premise is, the premise is just ridiculous. Um, I think. Now, I don't know what the whole movie entails. Perhaps it, perhaps it's a different kind of message. But Maybe what the trailer the seems to imply, as you mentioned, that the most dangerous people are white. And the, the idea is that black people spend their whole lives just their number one goal is to make sure white people feel comfortable so that they're safe, which... Yeah. Which... Um, I wish they'd do a better job. Seems ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You know... That does seem ridiculous, yeah. doesn't it? Um, I mean, you tell me. How safe do you feel when you go to Kroger in your town? I feel completely safe as long as I have my gun. <laughs> um, I got this cool carry uh, concealed carry shirt, by the way. It's like an undershirt that you wear tight. It's got a pocket inside here mm -hmm. for putting your gun in there. So... How do you get to your gun if you feel like wearing a hoodie? You just gotta, if something bad happens, you pull your shirt up... <laughs> And everyone's like, what the hell is this white people doing? You know, and then they look away. <laughs> and while they're looking away, that's when you get your gun out. Yeah. Or is there a place for the level in there, too? Uh, yeah, on the other side. Dual wielding type yeah. shirt that I got. I feel like that only works if you're wearing like a, like a jacket. You know, like you wear There's that a, shirt and then a jacket. I could pull this shirt up pretty quick. I mean, it doesn't have a pocket in it, but... Tell them you can't pull your shirt up pretty quick. Hey. Girls do it all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ever gone to a concert? What if... Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know. 
pull up one and here with the other? Did you have you tested it out? No. What was your reaction? Who do you want me to test it out on? <laughs> oh, you mean just pulling the gun out? A target. I don't have to finish. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. A target. See um, what your reaction time is. Listen, but listen, for all we know, at the end of the movie, uh, the black people decide to start living for themselves and not make white people comfortable. And what they find out is that the world doesn't fall apart and everyone can just get along and get over their problems. That's what I'm saying. I haven't seen the whole movie. And it doesn't matter that they're not doing this. And so maybe that ends up being the message of the movie. Because it seems to allude okay. to at the beginning that that might be the case. And he's like, we'll, well I'm done with this whole magic thing. Like, I need to live real life. Yeah. You know, and that everything ends up fine. I'm assuming when people just... I'm assuming at the end of the movie, the whole world doesn't fall apart and there's like nuclear wars and civil war. It's probably like a happy ending. So according I, to we, the music, so that's we, what it seems like it was pretty gay. And so we mm -hmm. could actually make the assumption right now, assuming that this is a happy ending, that they decide that they don't have to do this, that they were wrong, that this was necessary. And everyone ends up just living in peace and harmony regardless. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. Clap for that, you stupid bastards. <laughs>